The Next In Line podcast coming at you in 2024. Yes, indeed. We've traveled through time and uh, it still looks just as rainy as when we left. Yeah, weather is now holding out, that's for sure. Not starting the year off strong. Coming at you in this off-season episode is is an exciting thing. I don't think we do enough, um, but I think there's just so much stuff to cover that both of us, Adams, are on the line, going to talk to you about all the things that we specialize in, the, the team, some new signings, some potential formations and tactics that we think Loudon may look into um, there's lots of changes in the front office to cover. We're going to try to do our best to cover it all in one episode. Might not be able to do it. You might have to hear from us again this offseason. I think that's a good thing, right? I know. How awful, right? <laughs> so without further ado, there's also a lot of stuff also going on in the academy and 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 um, some, some, some maybe a little touch of DC uh, we'll, we'll discuss as well, just because there's still some attachment at the hip that um, either fortunately or unfortunately exists. So Let's get started. Yep, we um, just can't quit them, can we? <laughs> just can't quit them. Um, or they can't we, quit us, whichever one. There we go. Um, so <clears throat> let's start off by talking about new signings. I think the stuff that you folks who are tuning into this maybe already know, right? Um, let's talk about who's come in the door so far um, and, and kind of what maybe tactics and formations that might imply are going to be um, brought around. So a lot of names returning. Um and, and that's a good thing, right? So last year we saw Loudon do for the first time in the history of a of, of franchise offer multi-year deals. Um, one of those multi-year deals was, um, was was Zach Ryan. I think his second year was an option year, but he actually signed an additional contract in the offseason. It was big news. Uh, a two-year contract, Ooh. I think with a third, that's an option, um, meaning that we could potentially hold on to him through 2026 20, or 27, I believe. Uh, I'm sure there's all sorts of contingencies in there tied into offers up to the MLS level because he has that caliber of striking ability. But um, that's great stuff. And I, I will say right off the bat, even though there have been attackers brought in the door, uh, I think Zach Ryan leads the line as our number nine. Um, yeah. Straight off. Yeah, that's that's probably just because of the way he started last year. I think that he's we are we are leaning on him to be our starting caliber uh, striker. Um, I mean, yeah, it was him. It was Khalil on Medcar. And then uh, yeah, I don't know. After that, in terms yeah. of offensive prowess from last year, which is a you know a great a great a name drop. So Khalil was one of those uh, long term contracts that I believe either we exercised his option or we're in the second year. Um, they're they're not super clear. No USL club really is. No no one outside of maybe the the top <laughs> European flights and and even some MLS teams aren't super open. But uh, we are going to get Khalil El Medkar for another year. He was uh, I think the very nice. Yeah, probably the unanimous MVP. You know, Nanan Hassel Landry was up there as well. Another name that we're getting brought back. I, I don't know the context of his contract. It's he's been on loan for like twelve hundred years. Um, it's probably another loan. Um, just because it's yeah. easier to balance those international roster spots, so it's probably that way. But um, El Medkar is is a player that can play in a, in a variety of attacking roles. He can kind of sit as like a center forward or as a cam. Um, he can sit on the left wing where he's probably most comfortable. He can go on the right. Um, I'm. Uh, we'll get into lineup stuff. I'll get into lineup stuff in a second because I, I think that I want to talk about where I think he's going to line up, and it may not be in the strongest position that he uh, ha- found himself in last year. But um, names in the door. One, the first of which yeah. is uh, is a player who we're all familiar with because two and a half years ago uh, he came in the door on a big Loudon contract. It was a big name. Um, and everyone was very excited about him. It was Drew Scundrich, and he ended up walking right out the door immediately, going to DC, DC United, 
and played a ton of games yeah. for DC. One of the allowed in legend for about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he counts as allowed in legend at all. I don't I know. I know. I know. So he he had a season or two at DC United and then uh, last year spent the season at um Colorado Switchbacks F Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC, the longest name in the history of um soccer. But um <laughs> where yeah, he he played a variety of roles that he had not played before or did not play at DC. So um, we may see him in a position that uh, we're not familiar with and may not feel as comfortable with because of our experience with him in DC. Um, and that's okay. Um, mm -hmm. Another name coming in the door is, is Tommy McCabe uh, out of FC Tulsa. So a, and a USL championship caliber player who is uh, kind of proven his way through, um, through the league, right? Uh, he's a, more of a def defensive mm -hmm. midfielder. I think he can play in a center back role. So think of yourself kind of like a Cole Turner type player, um, mm -hmm. but also has scored goals, you know, has uh, assisted goals. Um, but yep, yeah, we have out the of actual that, Cole Turner and we have another Cole Turner now. There we go. There we go. Um, coming out of FC Tulsa, he's a product of, I think, uh, FC Cincinnati's uh, MLS youth program. Um, spent time with Orange County SC, Detroit City FC. Um, not a ton of experience, despite the, the all the, the the teams he's played for. I think the majority of the time he um, he did work during the 2020 season, that broken season. I think 61, 62 mm -hmm. games, somewhere in the 60 mark uh, for uh, Orange County uh, SC. So you know this is this is I'd say a potential depth signing. He could be starting caliber. Not sure um, if his partnership yeah. is designed around Landry or or what. But um, you know certainly he provides. A little extra um, midfield space, I think, uh, and 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 maybe some options mm -hmm. on the back line as well. It'll definitely depend on who else they uh, bring in to surround the uh, starting eleven. Absolutely. Also, and for the local angle, uh, McCabe uh, was a member of the Baltimore Bohemians. So, for those Baltimore of you who remember Bohemians. that team, well, that's interesting to know because um, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot of like local uh help trying to get folks in i think that you know the, having some ties to the area and they're also the, the great yeah. academy programs in this area are are helpful yeah, we'll get um, into that more later as well absolutely yeah like for instance drew skundrich is i believe his his wife plays for uh washington spirit yep the so, washington spirit andy sullivan andy sullivan there we go um so also a midfielder i believe right um mm -hmm. so excellent so then moving down the list uh is uh robbie dambro or dambrot uh depending upon um, which um, commentating crew you are. <laughs> so I think it's Dan Brott. But, um, uh, coming to us out of Indy 11, but it's a name again that we're familiar with because he had 33 yep. appearances and I believe a goal uh, playing in a fullback role for Loudon previously. Mm -hmm. So he left Loudon. Um, I think at the time of his departure, he was probably the active most capped player uh, on the team. I think even captain a, a number of, games um but yeah. he moved on to pittsburgh riverhounds won uh i don't think he won any silverware there played a short stint mm -hmm. um and then went to indy 11 and was a, a massive part of their uh 2022 yeah. and 2023 seasons but it's good to see you know the returning iron man veteran and as much as you can have one on a team that's four going on five years old now <laughs> Yeah, that's and it's funny you say veteran, um, right? Because you're you're noticing right now uh, a trend, right? Um, you got Drew Skundrich, 28 years old, 
Uh, Tommy McCabe, 25, a little younger. Robbie Dambrot, 29 years old. Um, and, and the fourth mm-hmm. signing we'll get to as well, who's 30 years old. Every one of those players, with the exception of McCabe, is well older than the oldest player last year. I believe last year the oldest player was Hugo Ferro, who was 26 maybe, meaning that McCabe is still well beyond the age of the like the, the average age of a Loudon player right now, right? The, this is a clear yeah. indication by the front office that 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 they want veteran experience. They want leadership. They want people who can yeah. kind of keep their heads about them in um in those late game scenarios that we tend to give up goals, right? Uh, and so yeah, that was definitely an uh, an understated issue uh, from last season. One hundred percent, yeah. So um, Dan brought. Traditionally played for us in, in more of a, a fullback, a left back role. I think he he debuted de, debuted uh, and um and uh, on the opposite side of the <laughs> field from yeah debuted um on the on the right side as well. But he has had experiences uh, in a center half role um and mm-hmm. further up the field also in like a left midfield role. But I would say he is going to be. Um, maybe a contender for like a left center back role in a back three, or maybe contending for you know arm wrestling with Kwame Awua uh, for that left wing back role. Um, so right. again, versatile. That's what we want, right? We want players who can play in and fill in gaps when when there are injuries. Um, and then the most recent and final of the big named signings being brought on the door is uh is Cristiano Francois or. Cheetah, I believe, Ooh. is who he's uh, referred to as. Um, and he's coming to us out of RGV Toros, um, Rio Grande Valley R-I-P-R-G-V. Toros. RIP RGV. RIP, that's right. Uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about the restructure of the league. But um, one of the, the one of the teams that is no longer with us um, is uh, is RGV. So um, he's another... Yeah, I would, Francois. Yes, yeah, Francois. So he's another, I would say, curious, you know, signing. He is a um, a striker, but he also plays uh, a lot of games on the wing. Um, I, I don't see him playing in a striker role for us. Maybe it depends. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's being brought in because of his age. He's thirty years old because of his experience. He has experience um, for the the Haiti uh, Haitian in, in international side uh, men's national team a, a good amount too. Um, yeah. And so he's a veteran of a number of, of teams. Uh, he's played for the Richmond Kickers. He came through DC United briefly uh, in 2013 through 15. Um, he played for yeah. a number of teams. Another 15-minute uh, legend with DC United. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, I think it was um, mostly in the end of, of the 2014 season. But, yeah, he's played yeah. for Riverhounds, Ottawa Fury, Reno, 1868 FC, if you recall that franchise, uh, Miami FC, Ooh. El Paso, and then most recently RGV. Um, and, and he is wherever he goes, he's a c- consistent uh, playmaker. He's he is uh, scored the m- most goals of his career in 2021. He scored 11 goals for Miami FC. Um, but Ooh. he's he's an interesting signing, right? Because it's a place that we don't have a ton of need. Um, but I could see him making an immediate impact and also mm-hmm. uh, probably starting in week one. Um, so yeah, those you are. You'd start alongside Zach Ryan, then. I don't know. I, I, in my mind, and that's that's a great question. And I think that's a it's a transition transition point for, um, maybe what we predict the start first starting lineup to be, um, because we had a lot of not a lot of names that are coming back, right? Uh, Cole Turner, we already kind of mentioned. Yep. Kwame Ua, Giannis Learman was announced recently. 
Uh, both mm-hmm. Dane Jackman and Hugo Faroo are coming back with Dane. Dane has been, I think he's back now, but he's been training in Denmark. Um, there's a, there's a joke there somewhere yeah. about the Dane in Dane, Dane land. Um, but <laughs> yeah. The and, great Dane with the Danes. <laughs> that's right. Um, Isaac Espinal as well. Another attacking option has been brought back mm-hmm. and, and Landry and Alex Nagy as well. Um, Tommy mm-hmm. Williamson, Wesley Love to see more of uh, Espinal and Nagy considering the, well, didn't see much of them last year. Yeah, so Espinal was an injury-ish, or excuse me, Espinal was, uh, was I think, just youth size, and and Nagy was an injury issue. He missed the entire yeah. season with, I think, an ACL injury pretty early on. Um, so yeah, I think his option... there. Yeah, his option was exercised, uh, and, and I think... I actually think he's going to be a huge part of this this uh, this side. So starting mm-hmm. off, let's look at the top of the field. I, I think that you know, like I mentioned earlier, Zach Ryan probably can get the nod for the number nine and uh, the mm-hmm. two support roles. Um, you know, you look at it, it, Coach Ryan's tactics generally. There's a lot of like uh, shifting positions, right? I think that he likes to kind of bring mm-hmm. one of those um, those support w- wingers into a, a striking, a dual striking option. Um, that's going to be in my mind from the left and it's going to happen on, on the back of Christiana Francois. So I think our, our left winger, mm-hmm. uh, week one would be him ideally putting Khalil mm-hmm. Medkar in his less favorite side, but aside, he still scored goals from on, on the right, um, in, in attack. Um, I think our midfield is going to look a lot different this year. I think that it was designed to be a, a back three with, with, uh, with wingbacks kind of sliding into midfield last year. And we couldn't do that for mm-hmm. most games because of injuries. Yeah. So I, I think that we're going to see two predominant central midfielders with, with the non uh, Landry. He's going to be your 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 go to eight, and then the number two I, in my mind is Alex Nagy. I think that he takes that slot mm-hmm. over Tommy McCabe or Cole Turner. Um, in my I, I would prefer it to be Cole. I'd like I'd like Cole to be there, um, mm-hmm. but for some reason it seems like Coach Martin wants him in a center back role. But unless we bring in more center backs, uh, I, I see Cole there. Um, I just I think he was better when he was playing a little bit further up. Um, but anyhow, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. So for now, we're going to put Cole on the back line of a back three that I think consists on the left side of Robbie Dambrot. Um, centrally, we got Giannis Learman and then Cole. Um, the, the Cole, the, the one thing about Cole being on the back line early in the season is that him and Giannis were uh, were amazing together um, in a back line. So having that partnership again, I think, is, is key. Um, and then out on mm-hmm. the wings in. Uh, what I consider to be midfield uh, in, in the wingback spots is on the left, you got Kwame Awua. I think that with him healthy and his veteran experience, I think he's he brings a lot to the table. And on the right, uh, in the in the weird, probably what makes people feel a little uncomfortable, I've got Drew Skundrich. Um And that's just mm-hmm. because he excelled in, in Colorado uh, in, in, a, in a right back and a right wing back spot. Um, I think he offers attacking opportunities and and still can defend. He has impeccable uh, ball control, um, and so that's where I see him. But maybe a lot of shifting uh, there. I got Wes and yeah. Tommy both in support roles for the number nine role. I got um, Espinal uh, and, and McCabe on the bench, and I've got Dane starting over Hugo. Even though you got the experience, I think that Dane is the guy that that Loudon want to see here uh, in the future. So, yeah. Makes sense. So yeah, um, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So I guess um, you are there any other uh, players you foresee joining this uh, lineup, or are we still too far out to speculate? 
Gosh, I know that there's a lot of people that that the front office uh, are talking to just based on, you know, rumors floating around, uh, you know, Reddit and, and whatnot uh, and, and the, like the USL tactics comments and stuff. Um, I don't I don't know who they're I know that they I know there has been looks at uh, Gasau Samake and we had an excellent experience with him mm-hmm. early on the season. He was probably one of our best players when we were on yeah. uh, a run of and he is a free form. agent and he's a free agent. DC let him go. Um, I think a lot of people are probably going to be hot on him, though. So he's going to be a pretty highly sought after mm-hmm. left back. But um, it's not a super high need for us either, you know, if we have mm-hmm. Kwame. But, uh, you know, I would love to give Kwame, a, you know, a break and not have to rely on him solely in that left wing or left back spot. Yeah. Um, we got Robbie as well. But, it, you know, Gasau can immediately be a starting caliber left back um, in the USL Championship. And so... Um, that was, that was kind of my first thought when Robbie was brought in was like, Oh, well, I guess we're not going to get, uh, Samake, but, um, I know toward the end of last season, we were looking at Adrian Billhart, who's a, is a full or center half, excuse me, um, for, uh, Detroit, but Detroit shot it down. Um, I don't know what, uh. what the reasoning was, uh, the entire world was trying to sign Evan Conway, uh, from <laughs> San Diego, but um, he signed with North Carolina FC. They're looking like they're going to be a, a team to reckon with. Um, yeah. Prince Sadie was a striker uh, from Hartford that was one of the shining lights uh, out of a, a otherwise abysmal season that Hartford had in 2023. Um, but another newcomer franchise was able to snap him up. Um, I know that there have also been talks with Columbus crew about Isaiah Parente. Uh, Florian Valo out of Miami FC was another name I had heard floated, but I think that a lot of those people are, are either under contract or um, are in the process of, of lining up a contract. Um, I, I I thought I I also saw a rumor floating around, and I don't know how true this is that that Bill Hamid might be a name that could uh, could we could see. You know, I, I don't think so though. I, I I'm sure that that I don't know. But he, he maybe he just wants to be back in this area, but. Um, well, you we never really have a goalkeeping coach, among others. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Um, you never really know. I know, and and I really quite like Dane and, and Hugo, but I mean, if if Bill is is Bill like he was, then um, it's hard to say no. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it it's it's one of those things you don't you don't take a lot of uh traction with you know take a lot of salt with 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 random comments people make. Um, on yeah, uh, yeah. so. So yeah, that's that's what the roster looks like. You know, a lot of names, um, mm-hmm. and I think that that Adam, you'll you'll probably talk about this a little bit, but like a lot of names kind of heading out the door to going to universities like Owen Walls and Jace Clark, uh, mm-hmm. you know, University of Maryland and Virginia, respectively. Um, names that we saw last year that we probably mm-hmm. won't. Um, and, and a lot of folks left, right? So the lone players being mm-hmm. like Jake Morris went back to Columbus Crew, Jeremy Gray back to DC United. I'm not sure what his future looks like. Harvey Neville, yeah. I think there was a clause for a permanent contract with him that we didn't exercise. Um, Chris Hegart, mm-hmm. I think, uh, went back to uh, Charlotte, and Charlotte? I think I think he's a free agent now. Mm-hmm. Jacob Abdul- Green is a free agent if they want to consider him for depth. He did a decent job here. I didn't even realize that's that he was. Um, that's very cool. Yeah, um, because he was technically signed to DC, but his uh, they just didn't pick up his option there, but I think uh, Gray had one more year on his, so we oh, might wow. we might see him back down here, but it's not confirmed yeah. yet. I, I think Gray um, didn't impress very much last season. I don't think he. I think he's like some yeah. for some reason he's like regressing. I don't know if he just didn't want to be in Loudon or something. But um, 
Yeah. Some more names that I, were, were I hate shown. to say, but I do agree with you, even though he did yeah. get a, a couple of caps with the El Salvador national team. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he at his peak, he was amazing a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. So a couple of other names walked out the door. Abdul Kuanda uh, left after his loan and was terminated um, back to ASEC Mimosas in uh, yeah. the Cote d'Ivoire. And then Abdul Zane, his loan also was not exercised option. And he's moved on to an MLS Next Pro team in Texas, North mm-hmm. Texas SC. Um, Coa Santos yeah. uh, left his free agent, signed with Colorado Switchbacks. Uh, Aiden Rocha also signed with Switchbacks. Uh, Bryce mm-hmm. Washington most recently signed with uh, NCFC. North Carolina. Yeah. Yep, a lot of, lot of names Sorry. going there. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, and then Nelson Martinez, Juan Ramirez, and Dan Chica all are still sitting and awaiting free agency options. Um, so I, I don't know where they'll end up or land or if or if they're going to maybe move on from their, their soccer careers. I, I think there's some some talent still there to be tapped into. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think Daniel Chica can play. And probably needs to spend a year down USL League One, and he'll he'll prove to everyone that we missed out on an opportunity. Um, Maybe. So yeah, that's the roster. Uh, go back to the Ivory Coast, see who else uh, looks up and promising. Oh, absolutely. Um, so that's that's what we're looking like right now. Um, and, and I I think that the next thing I want to talk about now that we've kind of discussed, um, the. The, the current state of the team, the current roster and everything. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the current state of the league, right? Because there's been a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, you know, first off, the schedule is out. If you haven't if you haven't tracked it yet, um, we, we love mm-hmm. a July 4th match. I think it's the third, actually. But we love a July 4th fireworks match against Hartford for some reason at home. So that's great. Um, I know the fireworks display was amazing last year. So hopefully we can get that again. Oh, yeah. Um, no ho- home Halloween match again this season. That sucks, but it is what it is. And then three of our first four matches are against, or, or excuse me, are on the road. And I think we had a rough mm-hmm. start to last season too with the slate, but we performed well. So maybe this is a good sign. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> um, we open up against Western Conference opponents, San Antonio, get a home match against our, I would say, blossoming rivals, uh, North Carolina City or North Carolina FC. Um, and then we're on yeah. the road uh, against a team that just always kind of has our number, Detroit. And then back on the road again yeah. um, against the proverbial Eastern Con- Conference powerhouse in Birmingham. Um, so tough. That's tough. But yeah, um, the, I know the, there's the, a handful of Loudon fans who have been planning a <coughs> road trip of sorts to San Antonio. Ugh. Oh, so I don't think that's a road. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a heck of a drive. But having yeah. said that, you know, hopefully it gives our uh, our side a boost for whatever form that might take. Yeah, I think they can stampede all their way to a Delta Airlines flight. Um, <laughs> so okay, maybe um, it's our job to be wildly optimistic, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, hey, that North Carolina FC though—that's that's not a far drive. Was it six hours? Yeah. It's not as close as Pittsburgh, perhaps, but um, there's probably some it's hope doable, there. Yeah, sort of. Um, actually, I think that that's a home game, so I apologize. But um, but but speaking <laughs> of NCFC, and you and you've already mentioned this, they are a like new quote unquote franchise. Um, there there's two yeah. new teams that are being brought in, and they're both being brought into the Eastern Conference, which is weird. But I'll explain why and how. Mm-hmm. Um, so N- NCFC, very familiar to us. We we played against them in our inaugural season. Actually, I believe it was their inaugural season as well in the USL Championship. But they've been a mm-hmm. franchise. For a long time before that, I think way back since 2007, they played in USL League One, D2 Pro. They played in uh, NASL. 
Um, and they actually won two separate regular league titles in those leagues. I think in NASL and the USL one cup. Um, wow. Considering so, that the U.S. is against pro re- promotion relegation, they've been doing it quite a lot. They seem to have got it down. Yeah. Um. They <laughs> there were some some changes after the 2019 season on regulations around like stadium size and broadcasting rights, and I think that they backed out of the USL Championship. And um, <clears throat> now there's a little bit more uh, profit sharing, I think, that goes on at that level, and so they have been enticed to come back. And um, yeah, they've spent the last three seasons in the USL League One. Um, they did not qualify the playoffs in the first two, and then um, they finished second in the table in their third and final season. And um, I think they won. I think they won. Um, Ooh. I think them and Charlotte, both North Carolina teams, were really good. I think they won, and so you could argue this was their promotion. So they they won promotion back. Um, <laughs> so we played them two separate times in 2019 when we shared a league with them. Um, I think a, a, a tie and a loss. Um, we had a handful of preseason scrimmages throughout the last few years because of their our, our closeness to them. Um, <clears throat> and we played them most notably last season in our U.S. Open Cup run, where we defeated them two to one on a Wesley Leggett goal during extra time. Not not uh, yep. not added. It time. was a Passover miracle. <laughs> it was a Passover miracle, and um, we will play them again for the fourth time on official record, uh, in week two. Week two of this upcoming season, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, look forward to it. Absolutely, yeah. It's that's a great little inner, uh, you know, East Coast rivalry going on there. So the other team franchise is a completely new franchise, um, with some route roots, uh, in other teams, but technically a whole new franchise, and that is the, the other newcomers to the USL Championship, Rhode Island FC, um, founded technically <clears throat> in twenty nineteen, which was our inaugural season. But same like us, we were founded in 2018. So their inaugural season is not till this upcoming season, which was 2024. Um, took a while to kind of mm-hmm. get them up and running. Um, they yeah. have grabbed, just like NCFC, they've grabbed a couple of big names. Prince Sadie, I mentioned, who we had our eyes on. Um, and they're going to be coached and GM'd by the same guy who is a former Bermuda national team captain, Kano Smith. Um, so that's exciting. Wow. So. How is it possible that we're adding two Eastern Conference teams when the, the conferences were balanced last year? Well, it's because we're losing two Western Conference teams. We we mentioned RGB uh. Toros. Um, that was some of somewhat of a surprise. I don't think a lot of the league was aware that they were doing that bad. I think there was some understanding of some struggle with the franchise, but yeah. they made an announcement uh, right before the 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 um, season was announced that they were disbanding. And so I think yeah. that even the, the players writers were surprised, apparently. Were they really? Oh, that's terrible to hear. Um, yeah, it's unfortunately I mean, reality. Know, if your if your team is gone and you need to, you know, start making plans for trying to try out for other teams, then well, yeah, you need to be employed, right? And that's the windows closings all of a sudden. Of course, yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible stuff. Um, so the other team was announced uh, maybe toward the last half of last season. That was San Diego Loyal. Um, uh, yeah, there. There's a lot of reasons why, but I think that the introduction of the new upcoming MLS uh, franchise in San Diego really yeah. kind of just was a vacuum to the market. Um, which, yeah, which is, they muscled in on their turf. They did. Um, time. And, and, you know, I don't think a lot of people will admit that that was kind of what happened, but I think that there's there's got to be some, some truth to that. But um, mm-hmm. so to accommodate for, for their loss, they are taking two Eastern Conference teams and moving them into the Western Conference. And those two teams are... 
just simply put, the furthest West teams, and that's Memphis 901 mm-hmm. FC and Tulsa FC, neither of which are huge or like massive franchises. They are teams that we usually, you know, kind of go toe to toe with. And so that's that's a huge loss uh, for Loudon. Yeah. Um, you know, you'd wish that they would just take like Pittsburgh and like Louisville, right? Like teams that always beat up <laughs> on us. Um, but obviously that's not how it works. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's exciting. It's exciting that the the league is growing and you know you can't you can't wish for easy games cuz you got to beat the best to to be the best right so of course um yeah so let's transition again and i think that let's talk a little bit about um i got a, i got a note here that says mls did the no no um <laughs> so i i think what i meant by that uh. is that um the mls came out and had uh they spoke about intention to uh, pull first teams from the uh, U.S. Open Cup, and it was shot down uh, by the U.S. Soccer Federation. It's been a whole mess. If you're not following it, like just don't even. It's just it's so sad. But it, it made a lot of people mad because like what it would take away from the experience of lower league sides. Um, it has kind of been a line in the sand, almost as a um, a war now between uh, the MLS and the rest of all U.S. soccer. Um, so th- there's that. And then uh, a second thing that happened, and this has happened in the past, but I think it on, on the back of that, it was a little fresh, a fresh wound. Um, DC United uh, picked, I believe, three uh, players in the draft, of which one of them was a draft pick off of a USL championship roster. <clears throat> yeah. Meaning I, they I just get... Into, I had to look into that. Sorry, did you want to go? <laughs> no, no, by all means. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I looked into it apparently... Um... Sorry, I'm jumping ahead here, but Aldair Sanchez, the uh, a current player under contract with Sacramento Republic, he did attend North Carolina two years ago, but uh, apparently that makes him draft eligible. So, and I think uh, that DC United gets the right of first refusal if he makes yeah. an MLS contract, but they have to sign him like any other player. Exactly. Yeah, and and I think there would still be a transfer fee and all that kind of stuff. It wouldn't. There would be. There yeah. would no not be zero compensation is that a double negative um <laughs> so yeah i it's just it's just a weird vibe though right like you're drafting players yeah. off other like, he's not a free agent right he's he's under contract and i think he he's just under signed. contract with sacramento yeah yeah i think he just signed like a three-year contract which is a big contract in the usl um so mm. it's just it's it's odd um i don't know how that's going to play out if he goes if he ends up coming to dc i feel like there's going to be a lot of icky feelings around it um, but the the current MLS rights are held by DC United. In, in my mind, it's just like it's just silly. It's like, well, why don't we just draft all the MLS rights? Like, like uh, Loudon has dibs on Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, uh, USL rights. Sure, like, what are we not? doing here? Yeah, like, come on, like, you know, uh, I don't know. Hey, we're gonna we have we have dibs on on the rights on Roman Abramovich's yacht as well. While we're at it, like, sure, uh, why not? Yeah, you know, things that are just not up. For, for selection so it's just i, I think it, it just yeah. demonstrates mls's like tone deafness in in the, what the rest of the world looks at with this sport and I, I find it frustrating um it puts a bad taste in my mouth uh but i don't know i, I think there's a lot of frustration that's going around as well in the usl like communities but yeah but, yeah mls is gonna do what mls is gonna do so um yeah they're still they've still got their uh you know, stranglehold on the top of the USSF pyramid. I'm they just, do. you know, we're all just hoping that they don't, with uh, Don Garber's tantrums, don't take the rest of it down with them. 
So, and, and you say that, and that's, that's an interesting thing to mention because they, the one, the one critic, critical aspect of MLS has always been, um, that they don't have promotion relegation. And there's been now talks around yeah. implementing and adding that yeah. <laughs> we could, we don't need to get into all that, but either way, um, that could be really tough. That could be really tough for the rest of us soccer if they did that. Um, yeah. so I'm still um, waiting to see if it's more than just talk, but yeah, that is a scenario got to yeah. keep an eye on. Absolutely. So speaking on the DC front, some forder, former Loudon players uh, making some headlines. Matai Akimboni, uh was spent a, a chunk of the offseason out in Villarreal playing for, or excuse me, training with the La Liga Spanish side. Um, they actually were had interest in coming on a permanent basis, but I believe it was shot down by DC. I'm sure there's going to be more approaches made. Um, <laughs> either way, even if DC keeps him, I don't see us seeing him again. We got very minimal amounts of him last season, so that's tough. Yeah. Um, but probably one of the more valuable players that we've had come in and out. I think he's he's got a lot of potential. Christian Fletcher. His star, is, his star is shot up a lot faster than I expected when I was watching him at the academy games. <laughs> well, he's got that the he's got the mentality. He has a lot of intelligence, but he's also he's got that size, and you can't teach size, right? Yeah. Um. So Christian Fletcher's another name. He's been out on loan all of the last half of the season with Swansea yeah. Academy, but I think he's made a couple of call ups to the first side, um, playing in uh, in England's second tier in Wales, and I believe that that is now over. I believe somewhere during the January transfer window, he is returning to DC United. So interesting to watch um, these two former Loudon players, but um, that's yep. yeah, that that's that's DC. But I know there's a lot more news coming out of the DC area, right? Yeah, um, some other DC Academy call-ups I figure I should mention. Uh, Chris Argueta, who uh, scored for several times for the El Salvador youth side in a tournament in Puerto Rico, been called up to the senior national team. I don't think he's played any games for them yet, but you know, just getting that call-up to get to their training camp is an honor in and of itself. And then there's uh, also Brian Chavez, who's been hanging out in the uh, D.C. youth system, been training with the Honduras uh, U-20s back in December. And uh, another thing that uh, popped up just a week ago, Andrew Iglesias, who was a member of the U-15 side here, uh, portrayed as projected as a center back or defensive midfielder. According to a few different Spanish language sources, he's signed with Club Aurora in uh, Cochabamba in Bolivia because he oh, has because awesome. he has some Bolivian parentage. He it was a lot easier for him to uh, make that jump, assuming that the contract's been signed. A little, so, a little Bolivian parentage, yeah. I like that. Um, that's great though. That's you love to yeah. see them go out and succeed, and that's that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, we hope hope we can see you know more academy kids make the jump to whether it's dc united or even sticking around here in loudon i could get more on that but um that might have to wait for the second half absolutely so um having said that uh there have been uh you know players that were uh getting some looks last year uh, you Gavin Turner, Nacho Alem, uh, Alessandro Nino Maldonado, mm. who've been uh, you know staples on the U17s, and maybe they make the jump, and maybe they make the jump to the U19s. Maybe they decide to go to college, or maybe we see them pop up around Loudon. I know we saw Xavier O'Neill uh, take a break from uh, Virginia Tech to come uh, be with uh, Loudon. 
as well as uh, some academy kids like uh, Dash Popes and uh, from our Arlington thing, uh, Brian Chavez. Yeah, and, so, and, and it shows like there's a lot of pathways forward to pro for the, these youngsters coming out of yeah. the DC Academy. They can go the college route. They can go um, the USL Championship route. They can try and fight for a roster spot. Um, like like you saw, yeah. folks like Griffin Yao was one of those like exemplary examples that, that did that, and he's having high success right now out in, uh, in Belgium oh, yeah. for Westerlo. Yep. After getting off the injured list, he scored like three goals, two assists in nine matches. Apparently, yeah. uh, Greg Berhalter tried to call him up for the uh, U.S. national training camp, reportedly, and uh, the team said it's not the FIFA window yet, so we'll do that another time. Oh, that's I really didn't know interesting. You could do that, but seriously, apparently, that's what happened. Per uh, some reporting on that subject. Huh. How about that? So, but yeah, it would be nice to see, you know, Yao Paredes uh, again and uh, other DC Academy kids get some uh, looks with the senior national team in the U.S. going forward. Ted Cudi Pietro, I'm sure that he'll be there uh, some point in the next few years. And I hope I'm not jinxing it. Wood. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, folks. Looks like we had a little technical difficulties. No one's ever accused us yeah. of being good at this uh, podcasting. <laughs> Uh, settle down, ghost in the machine. <laughs> That's right. All right, go ahead, Adam. Continue where you go. So, anyways, off. so as I was saying, you know, players being called up to national teams, and it turns out it's not just the players uh, going through that in DC and Loudon. Um, I know everyone's, uh, you know, curious to find out where some of the uh, technical staff for Loudon went to, and uh, the head of performance, Claudio Altieri. Uh, Reportedly uh, got a job with the uh, Pakistani men's national team in the off season. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's an interesting move, uh, but uh, I'm sure it. You know, I'm not sure exactly how you measure a performance of a physio on a team, other than you know making sure that the players don't get injured uh, best they I'd, can. I'd say that's how you do it right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, while we're on this topic, uh, there's uh, multiple uh, technical staff who have uh, gone elsewhere. There's uh, assistant coach uh, G.R. Cannon moved back to his home in uh, Easton, Maryland, and uh, apparently decided to start his own youth academy uh, team. Now the founder and director of Shore FC. Very cool. Love so to, if you love happen to... See the Yep. So if you happen to have uh, children on, interested in playing soccer and you live or know someone who lives on Maryland's Eastern Shore, well, there's an option for you. Don't have to drive all the way across the bridge to get to uh, Loudoun County. Heck yeah. So if we do, if you do want to do it, though, we'd love to have you. <laughs> and another name and another name when uh, Stuart Mayers, who was up until last year, technically uh the GM of Loudon, as well as a director of player personnel for DC United. It's kind of pulling a double duty. And then he uh, left the team in this offseason, left DC and uh, Loudon at the same time. Thought that might meant Clarence, the, who was his assistant uh, last year, would move up. And in a way, he has. He skipped Loudon entirely and moved all the way up to DCU's front office to take Stuart Mayer's position as the director of player personnel. So, uh, you know, best wishes uh, that he'll be able to succeed in that environment. 
I suppose it's possible, like Stewart, he could uh, double up as well. But uh, the uh, Loudon social media team has taken his name off the staff list. So I'm guessing that they don't expect he'll be coming back. Farewell, so, friend of the show. Indeed. If for those of you who remember us from the Too Loud Adams era, you want to listen to that interview we did when he described how he brought over the uh, now departed Kairoua Mustafa all the way from Niger to uh, Loudoun County, USA. Yeah, he coordinated that whole uh, thing on the phone with him. It's a long, long yeah. trek in a time when you couldn't just hop on an airplane and fly from Niger to the yeah. U.S. And it was like literally just as the long, just before the lockdown set in across the globe. Just beat the clock there. But uh, yeah, you can hear more about that on that episode. We can uh, provide a link later. So Loudon United, uh, staff-wise, as far as we know, uh, Ryan Martin is still the coach. Matar Mboge is both the assistant coach and the uh, head coach of DCU's uh, U19s. And uh, TJ Salzburg is still the equipment manager. And uh, I know everyone was concerned about the, you know, the state of the equipment management. And aside from that, everyone else has uh, has um, gone to do other things. So, wow, we'll see who uh, takes over on on those fronts. We don't have a goalkeeper coach. We don't have a head trainer. We don't have a general manager yet. And uh, I guess you know we could still see who shows up in extra assistant coaches. So if you're looking and for like a job, like we said earlier in the show, yeah, like we said earlier in the show, Bill Hamid, if you want to, if you want to be a player coach slash goalkeeper, uh, goalkeeper coach, we're here, we're open. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that we have the hiring authority, but if we did, um, again, yeah. we claim, we officially claim the rights for Cristiano Ronaldo, um, <laughs> ESL championship rights. Um, so <laughs> same with uh, David Ochoa, we'll claim his rights while we're at it. Um, so uh, I don't know. Next? I don't know about Ochoa. As good as he is, uh, his locker room presence has been in the negative. Fair enough. Fair. Um, but that's enough. But that's another story. Anyway, so but while we're on that subject, I guess we can also talk about a few uh, picks in the MLS 2023 held in 2024 Super Draft. Yes, love that they do that. Uh, especially because there's a High, if not 100%, but high chance that they'll be coming down to loud and anyway, either by loan or by direct signing, is, as is has that, happened with the past few years. Is that true this year, though? I mean, so with, with the, the split that occurred in, in, in October, I almost wonder how much, um, how much, yeah. there's still the tie. There's still a minority presence from DC yeah. United uh, in Loudoun, it's mm-hmm. minority stake um, in, in Loudoun. But I, I wonder, like, if, the, the focus is going to be toward developing uh, an MLS next pro side, which isn't, isn't happening at the moment, but, or at least it's not yeah. set for this current season, but I, I can't help but wonder, yeah. like, will this be the last time that we see draft picks just kind of come in? Also, the other thing about these draft picks, and I don't want to take away from your thunder because you, you, you know more about Keep them going. and you're going to talk about them a little bit here in a second is that yeah. um, multiple, I think all but one of them, this is the first season that the draft has been eligible for sophomores and up and all of them have more eligibility yeah. to be in the NCAA next year and the year after even. So I don't know yeah. that we will see a single one of them in a Loudon kit this coming season. Who knows? 
I'll get it, but um, let me get into that in a bit. But yeah, the short version is, as you said, the uh, the draft pool got expanded to, so that players who have only been in uh, school for freshman and sophomore years, or as we see with, uh, as we mentioned with Aldair Sanchez, players who apparently left school two years ago and signed with the USLC team, still <laughs> eligible. And apparently there was, and there was a little bit of precedent. I stumbled over this by accident in the previous year's draft, the 2020, I guess it was technically the 2023 draft held in 2022. Yeah. Uh, where Ryan Jiba was uh, signed to Real Salt Lake, despite his only college experience being with uh, Salt Lake Community College. And he was a player who was under contract with Union Omaha of uh, USL oh. one, I believe. That's <laughs> right. Apparent, for what it's worth, he apparently got some. He got some first team caps, so you know there is precedent for it happening. It, as weird as it is, and I'm assuming Union, Union Omaha got compensated for it when he did sign on. But that's another time topic. Let's get back to the more direct mm-hmm. one with Loudon. Um, so with TCU draft picks, we got Jacob Mural. Uh, Mural, I hope I'm saying this right. The uh, first Anthony rounder Murrell. who they took as a uh, striker out of Georgetown. An early a lot pick, of, too. Uh, yeah, he was with the number seven, I believe. Um, the funny thing is a lot of folks expect, because he's he was in his sophomore year, or just finished his sophomore year, people expected that he'd be going back to Georgetown, but that DCU would keep his rights. And then uh, word came from Tom Bogert, uh, the athletic, that uh, Jacob Murrell told uh, staff at George at the Georgetown Hoyas uh, soccer team that he was going to sign a deal with uh, DC United and forego his uh, the last two years of college eligibility. Interesting. Uh, so... There's a possibility, you know, he gets signed and loaned down, or maybe they just keep him on the bench and uh, see what happens. Either scenario is possible, or, but uh, you know, I'm. It's still unconfirmed. We're still waiting to hear word from DC United themselves that pen has been put to paper. Until that happens, it's still technically speculation. But he's, you know, he's apparently confident enough to gamble on himself. If assuming that this goes through, love that. And uh, we'd love to see him, you know, down here, maybe spell uh, Zach Ryan or Tommy Williamson if uh, it comes to that. The next name, uh, there are a couple of second rounders aside from the aforementioned Aldair Sanchez. Uh, it was Brandon Parrish from the uh, championship winning uh, Clemson Tigers. With uh, a mid- he's a more defensive midfielder, but he did score one of the two uh, goals that ended up winning them the uh, national championship against Notre Dame. It was an amazing laser of a shot. You could probably look it up on YouTube if you're curious. He has not yet revealed if he's going back to Clemson or if he's uh, signing with DC or maybe he'll sign directly with Loudon. Uh, having said that, um, I think he'll he has a good chance at getting signed somewhere in his post college career, considering the uh, stats that he's been putting up. I could go on to ask why, if the uh, you know the picks were still available, why they didn't, why DC didn't take uh, Osman Sila, who did win the 
Matt Herman Trophy, who did uh, also play for this Clemson team and who was still available. The answer that I've found is that a lot of he was offered a Gen Adidas contract, which would compel whoever drafted him to sign to a first team because he th he's been getting interest from other teams in Europe. And as a Senegalese citizen, I suppose he might have an easier time with them or one of the, even one of the uh, CAF teams. Having said that, uh, you know, it's not certain. So I figure why not, if the draft picks are arbitrary, you know, holding rights anyway, why not just spend one on him? But that's another rant I don't feel like getting into right now. And finally, there was um, Nathan Crockford, who they took with the third rounder, a goalkeeper out of Wisconsin. And uh, I found this one a little puzzling because D.C. already has three goalies, including our uh, star say. from a couple of years ago, Luis Samudio, on top of Tyler Miller and Alex Bono. I mean, yeah, Tyler Miller is reportedly still recovering from shoulder surgery, but you still got two... Uh, healthy goalies ready to contribute to the next season. Um, and Loudon, for their part, has two goalies, you know, uh, the re-signed uh, Jacobin and Faru. So yeah. and this so like, was a puzzling draft pick. But having said that, um, Stephen Joff, Goff had did report a day or two ago that apparently DC is looking to sign him to a deal. Maybe it's just for camp. Maybe it's for a season, maybe it's a loan thing. I don't know, but a, that is an interesting. A new deal interest. with who? With with Crockfield? With uh, Crockford. Yeah. So like Crockford, sorry. Um, it, it's it's. <laughs> I have to agree and I have to disagree at the same time. Like it, it's an it's an interesting one because we have a, a a stable we eh, DC them ugh, um yeah. has a stable of of workhorses right now in 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 the form of goalkeepers, but also like none of them are great. Like Tyler Miller at his best was was making like you know D, you know what do you call it uh MLS Player of the Week nods, but yeah. like. Or team of the week nods, but like was never amazing, and he's injured. Yeah. But obviously, get him back. He's your number one. Bono never really yeah. impressed. He never did anything that was a great. They don't. They're not high on Zamudio. They sent him out on loan for a month and a half to Pittsburgh, where he was yeah. amazing. So like, yeah, I don't know if there's any understanding of what the heck is going on in in the goalkeeping unit at yeah. DC. So bring in and my thing is I'm very critical on on draft picks. I think that for the most part, you know, second round and on are just there's not really a lot of quality. You get some uh exceptions yeah. to that, but goalkeepers are the number one exception to that. I think that like players like Simon Lefebvre um that we had and now plays out in France, mm -hmm. I think are, you know, great examples cuz cuz goalkeepers can be kind of up and down all over and and there's a lot of them out there that are really talented and never get the shot. So um Mm -hmm. uh, of those names that you just went through, I will say Brandon Parrish is probably the only one that I think really has a good chance of, of playing uh, for Loudon. In, in my opinion, that that's where I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also another uh, Clemson guy who played uh, for Loudon early on, uh, Adam Lundegaard, who uh, yes. was one of the captains on that team. He could theoretically be signed on a homegrown contract to DC or return to uh, Loudon. Oh, I didn't know that. Haven't that's heard awesome. Anything either way. Yeah, haven't heard it either way though. So, so why wasn't he so a potential draft pick? Happening? That's a good question. 
Okay. Maybe he wasn't. I, admittedly, uh, I don't have the answer right now. Yeah. Maybe he's not eligible because he's but, he's got you know his rights are his rights are held by DC United yeah. or whatever. Um. Yeah. He yeah. he but, and Parrish, they I believe they could have done with. Uh, sorry. No, you're fine. I, I think he and Parrish could have they could have done what the what they did what the Atlanta did with Garrison Tubbs before they threw him over to DC, which is sign him and yeah. take him off the board as a homegrown. Oh, uh, you sorry. You're saying he and uh, you're saying he and Parrish. Uh, I think that those were the two predominant captains uh, for the Clemson side on their national championship yeah. quest. Um, so yeah, that's great, yeah. man. That's a great rundown of the of yeah. the draft picks and the potential future signings uh, for Loudon. Yeah, and also um, I guess while we're on the Clemsons, I can also throw in Pop Mr. Boy, who uh, another Senegalese uh, teammate who was also on that championship winning Tigers team, and who also turned down Jen Adidas' offer to try his luck elsewhere, and then. Uh, Reportedly, he's about to close a deal with Phoenix Rising in the USL. So that's an interesting jump. That's awesome. That's great. But it shows, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, bet on yourselves. Always bet on yourselves. You know, you 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 can do it. Um, that's that's great stuff. So I know that there's a lot more stuff we want to talk about. Um, you know, we're we're kind of running real long on time right now. I know that uh, you've got some yeah. stuff you want to touch base on with with uh, MLS Next Pro implications and and stadium rights and all sorts of fun stuff. But yeah. I, I think let's let's postpone it for another episode. I think I think there's a lot more still that we can discuss in this off season as as more signings and stuff come come and trickle in oh, for a lot of course. Of, us. of course. Um so yeah, I I think I think that's what's going to do do us for now. Um I know I'll tell you that we're we're also working on some more of the uh, where are they now segments, I, I think that those were a hit toward the uh, the middle and later part of last season. Um, you know, I made a mention of, of Simon Lefebvre. Maybe there's a potential episode or, uh, or segment on him. Um, but yeah, yep. there, there's lots more of, of that kind of stuff that's gonna come come down as well. Um, th- this is like this is it. This is the best best time to be a Loudon fan, right? Because like things are getting starting up. There's a lot of like hope. Um, a lot of things are changing. Yep. I think that. The, the stadium is going to look a lot different. Um, the experience is going to look yeah. a lot different. Uh, we didn't even mention that, right? There's like all new oh, right. season uh, ticket experiences. Um, I'm I'm so excited for like your 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 parking pass will, yeah. will be included in your season ticket. There's like a lot more ability to like maneuver and, and manipulate your your. So you don't necessarily have a ticket to each game. You have like 17 tickets, and you can kind of move them and manipulate them as you wish. You know, for games that you can't make. There, it's we'll That's even pretty cool. Yeah, I think that we'll have to touch on that a little more. Uh, maybe even bring someone in from the team uh, to to talk about that. But that's that's awesome yeah. stuff. Um, Look so, yeah. forward to that, folks. Heck yeah! So I think that's gonna do it. Do us for today. Um, you know, as always, mm-hmm. thanks for tuning in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, terrified to see how long this episode was. It might have set a record for us, but th- this is this is great. We got a lot to you know to to come at you with. So yep. expect some more. Um, got two two loud items and two times the uh, two times the episode length. Two times the loudness. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah. So too cool, everybody. <laughs> thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, yeah, yeah. As always. Bye.